Welcome to SestraCast, the Orphan Black Podcast. I'm Jean McDonald, and I'm re-watching the series for the third time. My co-host, Kathy Campbell, is watching for the first time, so we make sure not to spoil any storylines beyond the episode we are currently discussing. However, today we are watching the series finale, and there won't be any more episodes beyond this one. (laughs) This is it! The end! We made it, Gene! We made it! But I wanted to just give the classic (sighs) opening... Uh, for the podcast yes. one more time. Yes. And then this is the part where I say, so Kathy, how's it going this week? Well, I know how it's going because we've been talking and texting constantly, mostly little tear emojis and um, cute pictures of people who are on Orphan Black. But how are you feeling? That's what I'd like to know. Just like, you know, make sure you're you're fit for one more podcast because I know I'm on the edge. <laughs> yes. Definitely a little bit sad. Uh, this, I mean, we've been doing this show for what a year and a half? Well, a little, even a little more. We started right when season five was starting, so that would have been June, yeah, of twenty seventeen, and now it's almost March of twenty nineteen. Wow! So almost two years. We did not finish as quickly as I thought we would, but <laughs> no. We had, you know, some health issues on both sides. I gave birth, uh, all of that. Uh, But I have really enjoyed this journey with you. I've been able, like, enjoying this show the way that I have has really helped contribute to more purposeful Mm -hmm. watching shows, uh, not just Orphan Black, but mm-hmm. other ones as well. Um, I used to just kind of throw stuff on and it would just go. And now I only do that with shows that I've watched before. And so if it's a new show, a new episodes, I try to really purposefully watch it and enjoy it. And uh, so thank you. I would have binged this show at least one more time all the way through, you know, probably in the first two months, if it weren't for needing to be disciplined and watch it one at a time so that I could discuss them one at a time with you. I have gone back to our original podcasts um, just to hear how they sound and also, you know, just remind myself of what what we set out to do. And one of them is pretty funny because we get to the end, but we're not sure it's the end because we watched three in a row. <laughs> and I said, that should be the end. Uh that, they should end it there. But I think, and then we're like, well, whatever, we'll see. And sure enough, you know, it was the end, but you and I had watched three episodes in a row. And even though we were pretty good <laughs> at discussing them, one, two, three, that's where you get to that point where it's kind of iffy. Where does it end? Yeah. So I have never watched one before it was time to record one since I've been chatting with you. So yeah, discipline. Um, and it does make a difference. And it's also given me a chance to do more research. Like I feel this watch through is the one where I really learned a lot of science and and learned a lot of other stuff and just enjoyed it yet again. And I'm quite sure this won't be my final watching of Orphan Black, but I think we'll we'll have a a final wrap up episode to talk about things like that. What you know, will you watch it again? Who's your favorite character? That kind of stuff. Uh but we really yeah. have to get to the business at hand because this is it. This is the show. Yes. I feel very 
confirmed in my uh, promise to you that it would have a good ending. Um, I was, yes. you know, I knew that this is one of the best series finales ever. It is amazing. Um, so there's kind of two parts of this episode. We have, you know, the finality of all of the stress and all of the evil, not good characters that we've dealt with. Um, and then we kind of have, you know, the epilogue. Epilogue, exactly. Bit. Yeah. And I was not, ex- I, okay, so we'll talk about it a little bit, but when the babies are born and there's that poignant moment in the basement, which we will obviously talk about, but I had to go over to the show and was shocked that we were still in the first third of the episode. (laughs) And I was just like, wait, there's more? (laughs) And a lot more and a perfect amount. And it was, ugh, yeah. So let's get started. Yes, let's do. This is Orphan Black, season five, episode 10. To right the wrongs of many. Um, I mean, just saying the the title is I'm already verklempt, but I'm going to persevere and just go with that one last bit from Protest, the poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox, a person I had never heard of before and a poem I had never read before. And here, you know, until I started watching this with you. Um, And this title comes from a line, which is the few who dare must speak and speak again to right the wrongs of many. Bomb. So good. Um, it's really good. The Few Who Dare was actually already a title. It might have been the title of, se- of episode one this season. But, you know, when I was going to look for the for the exact quote, I said, if it's a really long paragraph, I'm just going to say, people, just go read this damn poem yourself. Right. I'm not going to read any more lines. But it's so short and it's so uh, gripping that, there we go. I am I am throwing it in there. So yes, this is uh this is it, the season finale. Um we've talked about several times how Orphan Black rarely leaves you on a cliffhanger cliffhanger, but last week was obviously cliffhanger. But instead of like jumping right back into it and like say like go to Helena and Helena's water's broken and, and Sarah's gonna help her move and have the babies, it's like what the hell? We're in the car with Sarah and Mrs. S. And I totally had forgotten about this bit um, because it's so well woven into the whole uh, show that I forgot. It wasn't a flashback show. It wasn't a a major flashback segment, but it was a flashback that would um, strengthen and underscore what was happening in in the present. And we also got Mrs. S again. I forgot. I, I thought this episode eight was the end of seeing Mrs. S, but instead it's a flashback with Mrs. S and Sarah sitting in the truck um, outside of Planned Parenthood, Toronto. We actually see the sign for that, right? Yep. You know, in a quick flash. And they're talking about whether Sarah is going to have an abortion and she's pregnant with Kira. And, you know, Mrs. S, as usual, great mom. um, She's like, only you can decide, chicken. I wanted to just cry for like five minutes right there. <laughs> yes. I will never look at the word chicken the same. Uh, yeah. it And 
so I think I wonder if part of so obviously Mrs. S as like having this character arc and positioning to be a part of this story also meant that Maria Doyle Kennedy is in the credits. And so as the episodes are coming out, you know, people are like scouring IMDb to see who's listed uh, and being able to have her on the credits for all three. Oh, that's a good the question. last two episodes because she had yeah, that w- <laughs> bits and pieces <laughs> that was, previously. That would be a spoiler. Um, right. She just dropped off. I know she's never dropped off of the um, the opening credits. Right. Um, she's always been in that, you know, special place of, you know, and Maria Duell Kennedy. So – if you remember from the last episode, they figured out that um, the neolutionists took Helena to the old wing of the Dyad building, which is the old wing where Cosima and Delphine and Scott used to work. Um, and it's abandoned, supposedly. But the neolutionists have set up a little operating room with shower curtains, I call it. It's probably not <laughs> Heavy-duty uh, plastic <laughs> sheeting. Yes, uh, where they're going to um, have the babies born. And our Scooby team yes. <laughs> of, of Art, Felix, Scott, Hell Wizard, and the rest of the gang is not going to just let this happen. Instead, um, they've they've rigged the security system so they could get Art inside, um, purposefully making the alarms go off, which is brilliant. Yes. Never thought about that. As, as a positive, not a negative, so that all the security people are drawn away to try to figure out what is going on. And that includes our least favorite detective, mm-hmm. um, Anger. And Anger's kind of in charge. She's pretty much the top dog of their... Since they've uh, either killed or gotten rid of all previous versions. <laughs> all the, she's she's top henchwoman. Yes. Hench, sorry. She is top henchman right now. And... She is not going to let this thing go off the rails because she's obviously an overachiever. Yes. <laughs> um, being that she's like 19 years old, but somehow as a police detective. But whatever. That's fine. Um, Anger is looking around. Um, and uh, Sarah has gotten Helena out of the uh, operating room, the delivery room that they've set up. But. Um, they're trying to figure out how to get out. But Helena, I mean, she is literally having babies. She's in hardcore contracting mode. Yeah. She can't just walk, waltz around. Um, and then they show, this is all just the cold open. They show Westmoreland, who we are now calling John, because we're yes. not going to dignify him with his fake name. Yep. Westmoreland coming in, screaming like, where are they? Rawr. He's doing such a great job. I mean, obviously we hate the character, but I really like this actor. I like how he does what he does. Yeah. So anyway, he's pissed off. And of course, nobody is is doing what he needs to be done. Um, the credits roll and, you know, they come back to him going like, how can you let a woman who's in labor escape? He's losing it. And you have to admire Cody, the character, and of course the actress, Kira Harper, being like, look, <laughs> yeah, they're still in the building. They can't get that far, you know, with a pregnant woman in labor. So chill, man. Right. I will take care of it. 
Um, so she's the top level of competence uh, on the evil side at this point. Yes. Uh, she is using all of her skills of management and whatnot to really like take control. And on top of the fact that she got her skull flattened. Right. And bleeding. Know, and she- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We thought she was dead. I mean, I forgot. I, you know, this was definitely watching this episode with you is the closest I've come to being like, I don't remember what happens next in this <laughs> 20 minutes. And I thought that Cody was dead when Helena, you know, smashed her head. Right. And I, I love the blood makeup. It's a really good look. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the the producer creators of Orphan Black are definitely letting all their horror movie stuff fly at yes. this point because there's so many um, – horror movie tropes in this 20 minutes it really is it's and it's just wonderfully done i'm so uh, yeah it, it's yeah. just great it's just great so, <laughs> um yeah so basically you've got helena and sarah have moved towards the basement cody is trying to figure out what to do uh john is going off the rails and anger is searching um and art gets her he whacks her yes. with that stick and we're like, yeah. Yeah, it was so exciting. <laughs> of course, he doesn't kill her because no. he's a cop and he's also not an evil villain. But he does say you're a shitty partner, which made yes. me, <laughs> I laughed so hard because you know he's been wanting to tell that to her for a while. Yeah. Yeah, of course, she was totally unconscious when he said it. But It's fine. It's fine. He, he handcuffs her to the staircase Cody is saying, you know, anger, what's going on? You know, report. And Art, under his breath, to the, to the walkie-talkie that he doesn't push the talk button on. He just says, like, she's off the clock, Cody. Yes. When he, <laughs> I'm like, yes. So anger, out of the picture. And that's, that's the last we see of her. And I'm okay would, with that. I mean, I would have liked to see her, like, um, IAD, um, you know, trial and everything, but that's not happening. That's a different show. Yep. Um, maybe Felix and Law and Order. Art. Felix and Art. We'll we'll pick up that thread. So Helena and Sarah are sitting in this basement. It couldn't be more dank and dark and cr- crummy looking. And here we are back to Orphan Black. No sterile rooms available. Right. For- for baby delivery or artificial insemination purposes. And Helena can't move anymore. And Sarah says, look, this is where it's going to take place. I will be right back. She needs some water. She needs to get some supplies. And Helena's like, don't go, which made me feel like, no, yeah, don't go. Don't leave. But she has to. She for ha- many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. And it's so, it's heartbreaking, but like, mm-hmm. she, it needs to happen. She needs to go. She needs to get out of there. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the first time that Helena has said, like, don't go to anybody. Yeah. You know? She is in this moment of complete loss. She doesn't know how yeah. to handle any of it. She doesn't know how to deal with any of it. And she needs her, she needs support. And, yeah. uh, she needs it from her her sestra. So, yeah. So you know the twins back together, and <clears throat> if you remember the scene from season one where 
Sarah actually shoots Elena down right. in this terrible, you know, uh, cargo ship hold where they're having their big standoff. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> the exact opposite. Very similar, like, uh, environment, but very, very different. Uh, thankfully, yeah. Sarah knows what is needed because, of course, she's had a baby. And uh, there's That's some true. things that you never forget. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. And they, um, she's upstairs looking for stuff and then Art finds her. He kind of scares her. And she says, look, Helena's down in the basement. You know, you need to take care of her. I'm trying to find supplies. And Art's just like forceps, scissors, suture. And I'm like, well, even Art, who has never had a baby. No, but his wife but he's has. a policeman. And yeah. he's a policeman. Like yeah. there, there are things that you learn I'm guessing. And uh, yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, you know, full disclosure, I've never delivered a baby. Um, I don't think I would completely freak out because I have attended three deliveries, three of my niece nephews. And um, but yeah, I wouldn't know. Uh, other than hot water, right? And clean sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. I'd be like, wait, we got to stop at the liquor store because <laughs> you're going to need a shot of bourbon when all this is over. Right. Nope, that is not one of the things that they put in the baby birthing kit. Nope. But, um, they should. <laughs> there's, a, there's a quick little scene with uh, John and this no-name doctor who has been helping Cody and is now helping him because he's obviously losing it, not just mentally, but physically. He. He wants that baby blood so bad because he literally can't really go on without it. Yeah. And uh, um, I just like how John says to the doctor, yeah, we're getting everything together. We're going up to the roof to take a helicopter like chitty, chitty, bang, bang. (laughs) Oh, so funny. Yeah. I I said there was very little comic relief in this part and there is very little, but. There are a few. It, it just means that it's more poignant uh, yeah. when there is stuff and it works. And uh, he ends up shooting that that doctor. Well, yeah. That, well, why does he shoot him? He's uh, because the doctor says you're putting yourself under a lot of strain. Yes, for a man, man of your, your age. age, which we know is a trigger point. Like he has developed this entire personality around. I'm ageless. I'm, you know this great person uh mm-hmm. and so he does not take lightly the fact that yeah. he is not um doing well physically yeah and uh meanwhile his his right hand scientist cody who is also obviously military trained yes. you know she knows how to how to run a search operation She's telling her various underlings where to go look. Let's find anger. And when somebody does find anger, but her radio is missing, Cody says, our intruder is listening. Radio silence, please. And I'm like, whoa, she's so competent. I really like that about her, even though I dislike her intensely. Right. And she does see a drop of blood outside a door in the basement. And so she follows that and she finds Helena in labor like on the floor in like sort of a, a fetal position herself. It was yeah really quite visually creepy and 
Wow. Uh, what did you think at that point? I immediately was just like, yep, I've been there. Uh, <laughs> not in that position. Um, but you do whatever your body needs you to do um, mm-hmm. to feel any sort of relief. Mm-hmm. And that curled up on yourself. Yep. I, yeah. And yeah. It, the breathing and the stress and man, yeah, good for her. Oh, yeah. I, I love all this, Helena. Um, and, you know, there's Cody again. Not only she's not dead, which Helena may have thought she was dead. She's back in her more superior taunting style saying, okay, Helena, let's try this again. Yeah. Of course, this is more your style down here in the filth and garbage. But, you know, I've done many field deliveries. I'm, I don't have a problem with this. And she, you know, she treats Helena like a lab rat. And yeah. Well, that's just not going to pay off. Mm. In the end. <laughs> well, it's going to pay off for the viewer. <laughs> not so much for her, though. <laughs> um, but that's okay, because we have art, too. Uh, yeah. Art comes down and finds Helena. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Cody knew that he was coming and heard him open the door, I'm sure. Uh, and so Art comes in and is like, oh, it's Helena. I've got you. But Cody has the gun and is holding it to Art. And yeah. <laughs> I love how Art went, you all right? And Helena goes, most excellent. Most excellent. <laughs> As she's rotating to try and get in a better position. Yeah. Thank you for adding that little bit of humor, yep. writers, because it was peak Helena and she was very funny. Yes. Uh, um, and then uh, Cody is, is going to now manage this delivery, so she thinks. And she's telling Helena, you've got to stop resisting. And she. She throws all this stuff to Art, you know, because she's like, look, I already know what happens if I get too close to her. So you're the midwife. I'll tell you what to do. Glove up. And uh, Helena is just like, not her. Not like this. Because this is exactly why she tried to commit suicide. Yeah, She didn't want to hand over her babies to an evil scientist. And she certainly didn't want to. Uh, hand over her babies to somebody who didn't respect her as a future mother. Right. And so she's going to do whatever it takes to not let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, And and you see, like, Sarah had given her something, and I didn't pay that close attention to what it was. But it's one of those industrial screwdrivers. Yeah, I knew. I saw that she got a screwdriver for Helena, and then she has, like, a lead pipe. Full on clue type <laughs> lead pipe. So we know it's going to be Sarah Manning in the delivery room with a lead pipe. That's my <laughs> guess for this. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah is is looking for supplies, and suddenly she she hears John's voice. He's on the outside of the shower curtain. Yes. She's on the inside. It's a really beautifully scary scene where he's taunting her, you return to your cage, all lab rats do. Uh, Yeah. And, um, yeah, meanwhile, uh, Helena is, you know, 
she's ready to push. Yeah. She says so. I need to push. And Cody's like, lie down. You know, Helena, don't. She's she's trying to move. And at some point, you have to stop and just deliver the baby. Right. Well, and to be fair, like she's trying to get into a good position that she feels like she can push. But also Cody is concerned because she knows it's Helena and Helena can do whatever. (laughs) And Art is here in charge. He's got gloves. He needs to like find out how uh, dilated dilated she is. And at when he like is bending down to check, like they make eye contact in that magical you know, film way and he sees the screwdriver. And so they pull off the Helena needs to, I need to move. And then art is like, Oh my gosh, there's a lot of blood. And Cody's like, Oh no, she's hemorrhaging. And even though she is military trained, there's a level of, uh, desire and need for her to get these babies out safely. Mm -hmm. And so she, Mm -hmm drops her guard just a hair, just enough to where she comes within mm-hmm. range so Art can like grab the arm with the gun and pull it down so Helena can bring up the screwdriver and stab her. Right through the throat. Right through the throat. And she's dead this time for reals. And it was so much less bloody than I was expecting. <laughs> but I'm thankful for it, especially yeah. since we saw how much blood she had in the last episode. So this was oh, this yeah. was good. Um, it was. Yeah. And from the, the point of view of the show, this is Helena's last murder. Yeah. At least, you know, uh, on the show. Who knows what happens in the futures? Right. You know, we just remind you, people, do not threaten babies. Yes. Um, that part is not going to go away. But it's the last time we hear that Helena screechy assassin music. Yes. Which was so prevalent in the beginning because she was killing people right and left. Right. <laughs> and that's the last time. Yeah. And it was, it's, it was very fitting. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, Helena gets to spit on her. Yes. And now Art's like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Like, yeah. he goes into full on, I'm a policeman. Let's deliver this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but not yet. No, not, not yet. time yet. Yes. Uh, we're back we still to Sarah. Have one bad guy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the fitting line the problem with twins, you only need one of them. Yeah. That gave me the chills. Oh, yeah. Uh, And Sarah has been in the center and she's following as his voice because it's kind of echoey because there's a lot of negative space outside of this room. And then she hears like almost like a shuffle on the ground Mm -hmm. and manages Mm -hmm. to go bang, bang, bang. That third Mm -hmm. bang, you Mm -hmm. hear it hit something, you hear it and -hmm. the fall. And she's like, yes, I've got him. Right. As I, I write in my notes, whew, everything is fine now. <laughs> and then my next note is, no, everything is not Just fine. kidding. <laughs> not actually fine. Uh, so she's like, okay, she's still ready, but not fully ready. Uh, because John apparently has come around from the back and leaps through the plastic sheeting uh. to, like grab Sarah and is holding her down with the f- plastic 
suffocating her. And this yeah. is so scary. Like yeah. that, the it, face and, oh man. It is not fooling around. No. Man. I know that like me, you are not a fan of watching horror movies. Mm-mm. And this was right out of those like little snips of horror movies where I see them and I'm like, I don't want to watch a whole movie with that. No, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. So he's got her pinned down and he's suffocating her very effectively, but she does manage to push him off. So he, he's wounded, we assume. I don't think we ever seen exactly. Yeah, we what- do. Because when he falls on the ground and slides, you can see where the gunshot has hit the middle oh, of his white shirt. Yeah. Um, so he's, she's pushed him off and, and away with her feet. Which is, you know, good. And again, filing that away in my yes. black survival Because your legs are going to be super strong yeah. and they can get that leverage needed if you can get them underneath you enough to push hard enough. Because he went flying. Yeah. He went really far, which I'm sure part of it is adrenaline and like, you're just like, I will do whatever it takes to get out of here. And so, yeah, right. it went it went full, full court press. Uh, and so now he, he's lying on the ground. And does he go quietly? No, of course no. not. He's taunting. He's bragging. You're my biggest mistake, but you're also my biggest success. Lucky shot for a mutation is the very first thing he says. <gasps> he did not. He did. Like, so he's laying there on the ground. There's blood all over him. And Sarah's coming up and he goes, lucky shot for a mutation. And oh, Sarah's just man. like, oh, hell nah. You know, his last words are, I live on in your daughter. You'll remember me, dot, dot, dot. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah's picked up fire extinguisher, right? Uh, no, I think it's the oxygen tank. Oh, oxygen tank. Yeah, obviously. But one of these big tanks that are very compact and very heavy. And she's just like, shut up. Yeah. And just <laughs> smashes his head in. Uh, it was very final. So like there's, there was no rage in it. It was like this cold collected like togetherness Mm -hmm. and managed to just be like, I not, I'm going to beat you to a pulp and like get all these motions out. I'm going to be cold and calm and Mm -hmm. just one hit. Boom. You're done. Yeah. And hard enough so that the oxygen tank is like embedded, so it's standing uh, up in the yeah. I think I closed my eyes. I, I literally closed closed my eyes on a show that I am watching streaming, and <laughs> whatever. But uh, yeah, I did think that that was very Helena. Yes, her, uh, her her also as far as we know, Sarah's final murder. Right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so we gotten rid of Cody and, and John, finally, and anger is out of commission. So now we can concentrate on the best part the ever babies. of the whole show. Yes. The babies come. Uh, again, they show Mrs. S in the car with Sarah, and she says, it's a woman's choice. Um, it's the biggest choice you can make. And... That is very important to Orphan Black in general. The whole um, show is about autonomy of your own, you know, your yeah. ability to make your own choices for your own body. And that's not just about uh, pregnancies and terminations and such. It, but in this particular 
instance, that is, that's the first time they ever mention abortion. And, you know, I hadn't even thought about it until this episode, like, how easily would Sarah have accepted the fact that she was pregnant and decided to keep the baby that turned out to be Kira? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought about that um, earlier, uh, Mm -hmm. when we learned a little bit more about uh, like the whole who her father is and that sort of like setup, yeah. it, it did make me wonder and kind of question why did she choose to have the baby? Um, because of her age, but also her situation, you know, she was rebelling and whatnot. And so having this moment with S really like, it just, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Yeah. And um, in some ways having the baby was you know, just another piece of rebellion from Sarah. Right. S wasn't telling her what to do, but S was also not telling her like, oh, yeah, just keep the baby. No problem. Yeah, be fine. You know? She was making sure that she knew like this wouldn't be a one choice and you're done. Having to raise a child <laughs> is a big deal. And who better to know than the person that raised you? And yeah, just a, a variety of different things to come in and really make a difference. Yeah. So fading back from that flashback, now we're in the basement. Uh, The way they do this is so beautiful in every, you know, every step because, um, you know, so Sarah finally, she's down at the basement. She's killed John. Helena's killed Cody. Let's get down to business and deliver these babies. And Art is like, this is happening fast and it's happening now. We need you. Uh, And then then they cut in these little flashbacks with S that are so haunting and beautiful. So beautiful. Where they show S coaching Sarah through the birth of Kira and then Sarah using that memory to coach Helena. Yes. And, Beautifully uh, done. Absolutely gorgeous camera work. You're never, you know which face you're looking at because the way they have the lighting and the filming mm-hmm. for it you you're never like oh is that Sarah coaching or is she giving birth right now she has that and it's a great way to have the connection of what Sarah f- was feeling when Kira was born but could bring us into the delivery of Helena's babies too yes. like oh. Sarah Mrs. S got to be there too and it was oh. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> so emotional. I distinctly remember uh, the birthing situation on my own end, on my own side, and that definitely brought it back. Yeah. Um, but it was just, uh, oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah. It, even though I was taken out a little bit when the babies there were definitely not a newborn and definitely not 30 <laughs> se- 36 week old twins. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. They can't all be called a midwife where they have uh, rotating newborns available at all times. <laughs> I haven't watched Call of the Midwife yet. Oh, I'm sort good. of saving it again for like when I'm really sick and need to binge watch something that won't will i don't know whatever but that's not this show this show is call art yes and art i mean the way that they filmed that the way that they made it art helena and sarah because i'm sure there was some temptation to just make it sarah and helena yes 
But they needed Art. They needed they... him to be behind that that support person to have him hold on to her and help hold her up while she's squatting to deliver mm-hmm. and be that extra solid person is yeah. definitely needed and it was beautiful it was so beautiful uh, yeah so i feel you know i i had all the feels of they brought art back in to the thick of things for a really good yes. reason and he was really the person can you imagine felix oh my goodness felix would not even <laughs> so funny it would be hilarious uh, but no no Art was the one to be there, and uh, we didn't know that when we first met him uh, in season one that uh, this was this was the role he was born for oh, yeah. to be the midwife essentially or the the, the doula at, at any rate. And um, I, I just you know I just was like in my notes like okay now she's pushing and Sarah's saying like push and S is saying push and Sarah's saying good job meathead. Which yes, I love so that. Cute. Um, uh, but every other bullet point in my notes is like, okay, crying. Yep. Okay. Crying again. Okay. Crying <laughs> some more. Until we get to the end and, you know, they show Sarah's delivering Kira, Helena's delivering baby number two. And I wrote like, and then all the happy crying. Yes. Um, which was very convincing. I felt like the, the acting, cause the moment when so here's a question for you i know you have delivered babies yes <laughs> personally not doctor doctor well Sue, i but. have uh contributed in a birth as well as that both a photographer and a um like a support person mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so the emotions what even when you're not the one delivering oh my god it's uh, uh, yes those those tears are real <laughs> Right. <laughs> that that is exactly the feeling. Yeah. Um the release that everything is healthy, everything everyone is fine, everything is yeah. you know working uh and even if it's not like Yeah. It, and it, it's yeah. it's a singular experience you can have in the world and I didn't attend a birth until I was like 38 when my first my niece was born, um, the eldest kid of my sisters. And I was afraid, honestly, I wasn't even planning to attend. Uh, I didn't, uh, nobody asked me, I didn't feel the need to say, Hey, I want to be in that room. I just wanted to get the baby. So at some point though, my brother-in-law said to me, do you think you could be in the delivery room with me? Because I feel like I need another person. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And I'm being like, I'll pretend like I'm very brave and matter of fact about it, even though I'm like, what? (laughs) So um, I'm so glad that that happened because that moment, you know, is unforgettable. Yes. That moment where you are on the cusp of the world's experience is changing from this human is not part of it to this human is part of it. Yeah. And um, I'm very happy and lucky to be able to say my niece turned out I mean she was beautiful from the first second I saw her (laughs) she is a very beautiful grown-up young lady now who is in her second year of college and I I never forget that I I don't talk about it with her every time I don't say by the way 
Did I was there. You were born? Yeah. That was the happiest moment of my life. And I didn't know that there was a moment that could be that happy. Yeah. And I didn't think it was going to be that. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Um, this this most recent birth uh, for the surrogate baby was definitely something even more than with my own daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Partially because there was such a... I had such a large support team. So Mm -hmm. I had both the mom and dad of the baby. I had my mom there who I was so excited she could be a part of it because she wasn't a part of my daughter's birth. Um, We wanted it to be just Ryan and I and doctors or whatever was needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she didn't get to experience that birth. And she also didn't get to experience the birth of her own children. We were, I was an emergency uh, C-section and it's a good thing that it happened just because of um conditions that were happening. And uh, then my brother, of course, was also a C-section. So she was obviously there, but like not getting to experience the actual natural birth, vaginal birth, not natural. Yeah. They're both natural. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the vaginal birth, uh, getting yeah. her to be there. And then I had a doula. And then for most of the day, uh, for a few couple hours, I also had a photographer. Oh. And I ended up using every single one of them for my labor um, from first contraction to baby was five hours, which is really mm-hmm. fast. And yeah. uh, I had, you know, fists in my back because I had really bad back labor. I had people holding up legs and just like mm-hmm. everything to get it. And so I couldn't have done it without all of them. And so having them all be able to experience that is just extra magical. So I hundred percent, felt that same emotion it's been almost a year and I still Mm -hmm. felt that same Mm -hmm. like that release of all of the stress and endorphins and everything and yeah I can't even yeah I can't I I was I was very impressed with Tatiana I mean obviously all through right um and you know being Helena giving birth that was very good but being Sarah being happy yes like painfully happy, like so happy and as happy as we've ever seen, seen Sarah be. Uh, and, and I think like, it's a kind of happy that it's hard to reproduce unless you're at this, one of these like life changing, yeah. unbelievable moments. And I wonder I mean, if, uh, she has ha- like, I don't been present so. To a oh, birth? she's probably been present at one, but it would be interesting to know. Yeah, if she's attended a birth. Yeah, um, I mean, on some level, if you're an actor, uh, you don't want to be the asshole who says, "Can I uh, attend your birth?" Right. So I'll use that for research. Right. That would, you know, that wouldn't be great. But wh- however, she did it. The moment when she had like this face on that could not smile any bigger, yes. like is completely not able to smile bigger. I was like, I know that feeling. I've had that face. And yeah. Oh. So yes. anyway, Kathy, the babies are born. The babies are born and they're both little boys, oh, which gosh. I loved. I love <laughs> that they were boys. So we didn't know they were boys. That was one of my questions. No. I felt like when, when Sarah says it's a boy, I thought, uh, I thought we knew that. Nope. But okay. And I think, I think because of the show and because of how many Lita women there were, mm-hmm. my assumption was getting ready for them to be girls. Mm-hmm. And then even when 
one came out Ed was a boy, I was like, oh, then the second one must be a girl. Right, because it could have been that. Because, yeah, it could have. And then they're both boys. And I was just like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had this white uh, screen of magic. And I'm like, yes. wait, it's only 20 minutes? Like, there's still <laughs> an entire rest of the episode left? I know. I mean, you and I have been speaking for more than twice as long as that. Oh, man. Yeah. So there'll be some editing, probably. Yeah. Whatever. It's the last damn show. And we are not going to cut ourselves off. No. We have a lot of feels. And we don't talk about this, you and me, in between recording. No, no. This is now. All uh, now. We save it for the show, as the cool kids say. Um, but I, as this next section began, I was just like, I was ready for another full blown, um, like roller coaster to happen Mm -hmm. because there was so much time left. That was my, (laughs) oh my goodness, what's next? What's happening? And they fulfilled everything so beautifully. Um, so it transitions into Helena with the babies in her yes. little house. Like you don't see where she is right now, um, mm-hmm. but she's got these kind of creepy little Mobiles. mobile, <laughs> mobile, mobile, yeah, things oh. hanging from the thing. And it took a good probably 10 minutes before I realized that this was not a dream. Oh, interesting. Because we, I mean, we'd seen the dream for the baby shower before. Right. And it kind of had this same feel to it. Um, It goes over and we have Sarah. She's like trying to figure out the Pythagorean theorem. And it turns out she's studying for her GED to take the test. Kira is like, oh, hey, I need my lunch. But there's no food in the fridge. (laughs) Because, of course, Mrs. S isn't there to do the grocery shopping. And Felix is back from New York, but not here yet. And Kira is just like supportive, you know, don't worry about your test, mom, just try your best, which was so great. Yeah. And like, there's a beautiful painting of Mrs. S with a teacup and a yeah. rifle, which, oh my gosh, that's incredible. I wish that, <laughs> I wonder if they sell prints of that. Like, I want one oh, yeah. on my wall. I would take one of those. Yeah. Too. Like, remember to be Mrs. S. Like, just, mm-hmm. just what would Mrs. S do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we uh, go back to Helena and she's, you know, feeding the babies. And we find this is where we learn that it's, um, at the Hendrix's garage, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. fateful garage that had so much happen in it <laughs> is now this home full of love. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Donnie Hendrix, this one is full. <laughs> so he's been nursing and hands him over and his name is Orange <laughs> for now. Yes. And she has only labeled her children, color coded her children. Yeah. Her boys, orange and purple, which... Who thought of that? Like it was hysterical. Oh, it was and- so funny. And so Helena. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course, that makes perfect sense. But you get to see Donnie as like Uncle Donnie. And Uncle Donnie. It's like, good morning, Mr. Sun. And it's just talking to him and come in and uh, hands her, him over to Allison, who and it's like, we need bath time. 
oh, I really need to go shopping. And Donnie's like, it'll be fine. And we learn now that he, Donnie, is Mr. Regional Manager um, at a concrete pouring company, (laughs) which is so brilliant and fantastic. It's so good. Yeah. Those concrete floors don't pour themselves, yes. Mr. Regional Manager. <laughs> and, and Allison is back to being stressed about throwing parties, yes. you know, and not stressed about having clone sisters crashing the parties. And yes, <laughs> and uh, I loved I loved this bit not just because of Donnie, and you know, we learn a little bit more about what happened and stuff, but also because. We get to see how much Allison loves these babies. Um, she was definitely jealous before and had these moments of, you could tell she was kind of having a hard time. And I, it was so happy to see that she was good with this, you know, that she had the moment of, okay, I get to be Auntie Allison and really just own it, which was so wonderful. I was so happy for that. That's right. It was really cute to see Allison hold the baby, to see Donnie be so Donnie. They show Scott and Cosima and Delphine, you know, looking at their Lita Cure project. And, well, they have inoculated a few people as Cosima yes. says, we have to find them faster or we're just dicking around here. Um, and Art has been helping. He sends the information about a woman named Camilla Torres uh, who lives in Cartagena. And, uh, but they, they don't know how many people there are. And Cosima starts to get kind of defeatist, you know, like, oh, and we don't know if frustrated. Because, yeah. Many leaders have already died from the illness, so they know that um, that could be happening if they're not out there inoculating them. Yeah, and and they don't want to lose another one. And then we go to another hard part with Sarah packing uh, up the... We don't know why she's packing necessarily. Um, she finds a birthday card from S and... I get emotional there. But Felix arrives, which makes me happy again. And you find out he had a big New York City opening, which was drunkenly successful. Uh, But we learn why Sarah's packing, because they're moving. She's selling the house. Felix is obviously not very happy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you're selling my house. But what's your plan? You know, not only what is your plan, but, you know, Sarah's like, well, we're kind of looking at it as an adventure. We'll see where we are when school year comes around again. And it's like, um, Felix is like, what does Kira want? And that was pretty telling moment. I think, uh, you know, don't forget Kira and children in general, they like staying put. (laughs) Yes. Sarah is going to take her GED test so that she can get a job and have, you know, Mm-hmm. not have to grift people, not have to steal. But you can tell that she doesn't know how to handle it. Right. She she doesn't know how to handle the post-Neolution world for her. Uh, she yeah. She sucked into it for five seasons, which we feel was about a year and a half. But also, she's never really had a purpose mm-hmm. before. 
Um, so before she was always just trying to get by. She always had S as kind of like the foundation, which is how, you know, she raised Kira and that sort of stuff. But during all of the Neolution stuff, mm-hmm. she had a goal. She had an end point and a purpose mm-hmm. and uh, knew what needed to be done. And now she's just kind of like, uh, okay. And it, it kind of backfires because as she goes to school to take the test, you know, she's walking in and she's just like, you could tell she's intimidated. She's not fitting in at all. Uh, and the phone rings <laughs> and it's Helena. So Helena has a phone, which I loved. Um, and asks how the babies are doing and Helena wants to know if Sarah's coming to the baby shower and Sarah is just like you can tell she's starting to get really overwhelmed she says that she's 10 years older than anyone else taking this test and is feeling immensely out of Um, place yep and she has a little memory of Mrs. S again who you know Back to the question of whether Sarah can be a responsible mother. You know, she's like, well, you've never been responsible for yourself. Um, That leads Sarah to say, like, I don't need nothing from you. And it's like, well, of course, she didn't feel that at the time. She was being a brat. And now she definitely doesn't feel that way. But she just basically turns around and leaves the the school building. Right. And does not take the GED. Um, and goes to the party. So everybody is like headed for Allison and Donnie's. Uh, Felix is picking up Kira to go there. And of course, Helena and Orange and Purple are already there. Um, and to me, this was like the best family scene of the whole Orphan Black because it was just like a cookout uh, f- for a big family. Nothing super elaborate or overplanned, just like everybody comes when they get there, they keep asking each other the same questions and giving the same hugs. Right. And <laughs> I, I wrote like 20 bullet points of like the baby shower with nothing, you know, especially like um, plot oriented, but uh, I'm going to pick a couple of my favorites. One is Helena opening up her f- present um, and that did look like the dream sequence from the, the dream baby shower. Yes. And they're playing the Beach Boys, Wouldn't It Be Nice, which is what they played during that that scene. So, you're, you know, your you're instinct that maybe this is all a dream is right on the money. But she pulls out the present as a, a stuffed monkey, but it's a very colorful monkey. And it has all these uh, periodic table of elements Um patches on it and then somebody says oh it's a science monkey yes it's from Cosima, the 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 science monkey so that was very cute um it was super cute and i was just like oh where was that so i might have to get it for surrogate baby because it's super cute yeah if it exists that's that we should put a link to the show notes yes and um then there is a moment where uh, Donnie, he's so Donnie and he's so dad-like. And so like, Donnie. I just need a couple more couple more patties. You know, he has a couple of burgers set up for fixings. And and um, is it Scott who's doing the grill? Yeah. And 
Scott's like, here you go, cheeseburgers. He's like, what's on these buns? He's like, jam. <laughs> Guess who these are for? And it's like, of course, it's Helena. It's Helena. But I will say this, that it's actually really good. So my okay. local pub has a special breakfast burger, um, mm-hmm. which is basically a bacon cheeseburger with fried eggs on top. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has like a maple aioli and jam. <laughs> A Marionberry jam in the bottom, and it oh. is so good. So I highly recommend branching out. This is not the strangest <laughs> thing she's eaten, but oh, I, true. yeah, I, I, two thumbs up to jam on a burger. All right. So I've mentioned two of my favorite things from the baby shower. I'm going to try to keep it zipped <laughs> and let you go. Uh, I love that Art comes with Charlotte and his daughter, uh, mm-hmm. and they're just. You know, that that exactly like you said, the moment of this is what a really close family party is. You show up when you can, you leave when you have to, you bring stuff or you don't. Like there's no pressure to I have to bring a hostess gift. <laughs> um, and maybe if you're lucky, Allison will hand over some homemade kombucha. Yes. Yeah, kombucha was on my list. I also <laughs> really, I really liked the Felix Tikasima with uh, the baby um, mm-hmm. with purple. Uh, Felix is like, I think I sense a handoff. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, I don't know. And you can tell Kasima's not, doesn't know what to do with babies no. uh, and ends up handing it over to De- handing him over to Delphine. And the one thing I will say is I was very surprised almost that n- no one else like took the baby to change the diaper. Yes. That Helena felt like she had to stop eating to go change a poopy diaper. When in these situations, when you have a baby, whoever is eating gets to finish eating. Um, And everyone else can change a diaper. Like it's totally fine. Uh, And so I was a little sad about that, that Helena didn't get to finish eating. Although I did think it was pretty funny where, um, you know, Delphine is like, mm, I think he's got to have his diaper change. That Helena says, like, oh, he pooped. He, always when I eat, he poops. Yes. And I thought that was funny. Like, And then I thought, you know, Helena's babies can be like perceptive like Kira is, right? Oh, yeah, maybe they could. They, they have like reactions to her situation. Like, so she's eating and that kind of stimulates like certain like process that makes the baby want to poop. Yes. Totally out there theory, but I never thought about it before until this watch through. And I, I was like, well, if Kira has her her kind of intuition and her visions, I wonder what will happen with these with orange and purple. Meanwhile, Felix, you know, he's having a good time too, but he's also got a uh, mission going on and he's looking at his phone and Colin is there with him. Oh yeah, let's not forget Colin is there. So we love Colin, and Colin is like, what's up with you, looking at your phone? And he's like, Colin, I told you, you have to stop being so perceptive, (laughs) Uh, which was adorable. So Uh, cute. I love their relationship so much. Felix goes outside. There's a car waiting there. Very well shot scene, because he gets into the car, and the person in the car is blocked from your view until he says, hello, Rachel. And you're like, oh, Oh, yeah, of course, because the driver is just like a henchman looking thing. Mm 
Uh, and you're just like, who is this? It's not John. I mean, Leaky, we know, is very dead. Like, I'm running through all of these people. And then it's like, oh, of course, it's Rachel. Of course, right. it's Rachel. And he teases her. He's like, who's this then? You know, pointing the driver. You got a You've new got a man- <laughs> new manservant already, which I totally forgot how Rachel had men servants in uh, the beginning. Right. <laughs> were more than just uh, drivers. And when she says, like, this is Yusuf, my Uber driver. (laughs) And Felix is like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) She's like, glass eye, no friends, and no identity. It leaves little room for elitism. Yeah. Um, So poignant. There's some stuff going on in the backyard, but I want to just finish this Felix part because he's sitting with Rachel and – you know, he's basically, hey, you got what you promised. And she gives him uh, an envelope. Uh, they have a few more little pointed discussions. But basically, he's like, have a nice life, Rachel. Ta. It's a very fitting ending to her character, like a wrap up, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it um, it's not a happy ending because she's been a jerk. Uh, put it mildly. Yeah, to put it uh, PC and, you know, acceptable for an incomparable show. Um, but she, she still, you still have a little bit of uh, relief in her. Um, mm-hmm. So you get to see a little bit of her change. In the meantime, back in Allison's backyard, you know, the sun's down now. And... Again, like any other kind of family gathering, like some people have left, some people are cleaning up, some people just need to beer and sit to be by themselves. That's yeah. Sarah. Uh, but then Kasima comes out there and she's like, hey, cool, if I chill with you, and pulls out her joint and she's lighting up and she's sitting in another piece of patio furniture, more like kind of lounging in yeah. Kasima style. And then Allison comes and she apologizes to Sarah because she had been a little bit bitchy. Well, especially because uh, everyone kept asking how the test went and she was lying and lying and lying and then finally was like, I didn't take it. Yeah, and and back off. Yeah. Get a a bloody clue. Right. No, take a bloody cue for a change. Um, uh, But Allison apologizes and brings more beers. Yes. And... um, you know, they're sitting there, uh, and and Helena comes out as well. And so the four of them sitting there, so this is like, oh, this is so beautiful, the four of them together. And Sarah admits, like, I skipped the test. I don't know how to be happy. Um, there's no one left to fight, and I am still a shit mom. And I'm, like, crying now. Cry, cry, cry. Notes say. <laughs> and Allison's like, you know what? You know what? I said to Gemma today like if you don't clean up your room i'm gonna string you up by your thumbs stuff your socks down your throat and i meant it i'm like whoa actually i'm a little disturbed by that but okay Um, and then helena it's like every time i look babies are eating sand (laughs) i turn around send where does the scent come from? I don't know. So I let them eat that. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> and everyone's like, okay, now we're really disturbed. But there was a a perfect Helena smile on her face when she said that too. Like a perfect, like that kind of crookedy, you know, yes. face that she makes. And I love that. 
And Cosima is, you know, hey, did you see what happened to me when they handed me the baby? You know, I don't know if I'm selfish or I'm scared. And Allison gets to say, we all make mistakes. I was a drug dealer. <laughs> right? <laughs> I loved that so much. But it's so true. You know, once again, Sarah is in this moment where she doesn't have her rock of Mrs. S to be the backup mom mm-hmm. and has this level of guilt. But also, once again, she doesn't have a purpose. She doesn't know what to do with herself. Yeah. And it's got to be hard. I can't even imagine. But she has her support team. She has her people. And better yet, here comes Felix to join his sestras with what the envelope, which turns out to be a list of every Lita clone. Yeah. Uh, medical histories and contact and everything. And they find out that there are 274 sestras. One of the things in this orphan black science recap for this episode where they said, there's not too much science, but can we talk about 274 clones? Because, Everything we know about cloning is very hard, you know, to be successful. It takes many tries. Even with Charlotte, they mentioned it took 400 tries to get Charlotte cloned, um, you know, in her generation. And even the clones of the real world, like the the sheep and the whatnot, you know, it, it, to make 274 clones uh, is pretty mind-bogglingly epic. Yeah. All over the world. Secretly. Secretly. Yeah. To secretly make 274 of um, them. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I forget who says it, but it's like they're not going to have to go through what we did because they're going to get inoculated. They're never going to hear about the illusion. They won't have evil people after them all the time. Um, but Helena, yeah. And Helena, so I was like, okay, enough about them. <laughs> I I have a share too. And she brings out her journal and they're all like, oh, you know, are you done? She says, yes, I am done. I will translate from the Ukrainian. And so she reads like, well, she says, I call this book Orphan Black, which was like, oh, more crying. <laughs> um, and she reads the first line, which goes like, you know, this is a story is an embroidery with many beginnings, but no end. But I'll start with the thread of my sestra, Sarah. It's like, okay, now I am crying yet again. It was very beautiful. And you think, that could be the end. That's the end, right? Right. No, it is not the end. No, they come around. It. It's like Return of the King all over again. <laughs> Let's have another ending. <laughs> But it's good because, you know, we we get an actual ending for everyone. Um, yes. We have Allison is playing piano and Donnie comes in from tennis and takes uh, – Allison is in the old craft room, which is now the music room. Mm-hmm. And Donnie comes in to throw his gross clothes into the washer and <laughs> – the music that she is playing is not quite striptease music, but he makes it work anyways. <laughs> and best, it yeah. was so funny. It was so Allison and Donnie. And then we jumped to Cartagena, where Delphine is 
giving inoculations as I'm guessing she has presented herself as like WHO doctor or something um, to just casually meet Camilla to give her the right kind of shot uh, mm-hmm. So that she doesn't even have to know. And that's what's so great about Delphine and Cosima. They get to have their, like, they get to go around and save the clones without them knowing uh, anything. And Delphine has the credentials to do that. They don't need to know that they're clones. Right. That reminds me, I would like to have seen the scene where they convince Crystal to get inoculated. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That would have been so funny. I would have. Yes. Is that what you think I look like? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we can see uh, that. Sorry. We can see that Delphine and Cosima are going to be pretty busy and traveling around. But that sounds like fun for them. Uh, We go back to the backyard of the Hendrixes where. Helena's with the babies, and she says, little purple, little orange, it's time for you to take names of real men. And so what did you think was going to happen? Like, who did you think she would name them after? I thought she would just keep purple and orange's names forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would have been totally, totally fine. Um, I figured art would be one. Yeah. Uh, when I realized that she was actually naming them and doing her ceremonial naming moment, I f- knew that art would be one, but I thought that Felix might be the other until I realized that, of course, it's going to be Donnie. Of course. Like, it, because in my mind, I was like, oh, Felix was there, but she was he was there for Allison. Like, Allison mm-hmm. and Felix had their togetherness, mm-hmm. and Donnie and Helena had their connection. So, of course, it was Donnie. Yeah. Felix was kind of scared of Helena. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, it's so true. And understandably so. So yeah, Yeah. it was, it was perfect. It was so perfect names. And then we get to the last scene. Yeah. Uh, And Sarah and they're getting ready. They're going to the beach. Felix has a bag with uh, beers and pork pie. Kira wants the fishing rod and Felix is like, there are no fish at Shite Beach. Now, Shite Beach is where they used to hang out, remember, and their right. chairs, like, sitting it's basically kind of next to a dump yard or something on some industrial canal, I think. And then they're like, no, there are fish. There are shite fish. And Kira says, like, and they're going to eat you up. And then there's Sarah, you know, just l- looking behind, making sure they've gotten everything, closes the door, and it's like, family trip to, to the beach. And I wrote... In my notes, damn it, crying again. Yes. So emotional uh, and beautiful and just fantastic. And I absolutely loved it. It was the perfect ending because then it steps back and it just sits in the living room where so much love happened. So much was there. So much. It was just... It was beautiful, and mm-hmm. I can't believe it's over. It is over. I uh, I can't believe it's over. I'm really glad, you know, as we said at the top of this episode of you and me recording, like really glad I had somebody to watch it with in this detail because 
I love this show very much, and I really enjoyed going another level deeper, and I also enjoyed so much hearing how it affected you and how you interpreted things and also your deeper knowledge on things that I didn't notice or I didn't know anything about. Um, when we met, I did not know you were planning to get pregnant. <laughs> uh, I I'm pretty sure I was also not planning on getting pregnant at that time. I might have said, you know, this isn't really the best show for a pregnant person to watch. <laughs> but it ended up fine. It was good. It was really good. And it was meaningful. And I loved being able to come in with my fresh eyes, but have you have your history and experience and knowledge and be able to c present that to me so that I could learn a little bit the way you viewed it because you mm -hmm. did watch it when it first came out and those bits and, and being able to have that connection to a show that I had heard of but never seen. It means that Orphan Black is going to be even more special uh, mm -hmm. in my life history, basically. Yeah. And this is the podcast that really got me podcasting. Yeah, same here. So Who knew? I had no right. idea. Just like our Sestras did not know <sighs> when Sarah stepped off of that train, what would happen next. Um, much less dramatically and much less blood and no dying was involved in the making of this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I have some ideas about... Uh, a blog post I want to write just about starting a podcast and how sometimes you just have to have to do a leap of faith and just do it and see what happens. And yeah. We are going to have a wrap up episode. I'm just going to pin you down on that. Okay. Um, I think date. I can handle it that. It may not be, you know, in the next few days, but like, I think let us percolate a bit on everything that we've experienced and learned. And for everybody that's watched 50 episodes of Orphan Black, congratulations. And everybody who's listened to 50 episodes of SesterCast, well, Oof. we love you for listening. Thank yes. You. Yes. Thank you for being on this journey <laughs> with us. Uh, you can find all of, oh my gosh, all of the episodes of the show at SesterCast.com, where we are a part of the amazing incomparable network and uh you can find us on twitter at miss at sestercast uh gina's at mac genie and she's also at mac genie on micro.blog and i am at mrs soup this would be a nice time to rate or review the podcast because the podcast will be there even though we are not going to continue to rewatch the show, but new watchers come to the show all the time. And that makes me feel good that they can find some friends like you and me to review the show with, even if uh, um, it's only via podcast, because it was what I was looking for. And so I'm glad that we can provide that to other Sestras and brother Sestras and sibling Sestras out there. Yes. And if you're listening, and this is not February, March of 2019, still reach out to us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that you made it through this journey, however long in the future this is. <laughs>
And uh, we appreciate you. So thank you so much for the love and support. And we hope you have an absolutely amazing day.